We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal Is mathematics racist? Is 2 plus 2 equals 4 a statement of white supremacy? Well, in California, they think so. And right now, as we, as we speak, they're blazing a path against woke math in the state of California. And it won't stay there. It'll end up in your own backyard. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. You know, the last couple days I've spent some time talking about Naomi Osaka and the way this cancel culture, this uh, disease, this pandemic of cultural narcissism, excuse me, cultural narcissism has invaded every corner of our culture. It is a pandemic. It is a disease. It's a disease of the heart, mind, and soul. It's a disease that this guy talked about in the article I shared with you yesterday, where he said we're confusing the cure with the cause, that we think the solution is to coddle our children, to make them feel good about themselves, to make them feel comfortable rather than to confront them. And that cure, he argues, is actually the cause. And as you know, his closing argument was, we've created an entire nation, an entire world of narcissists who will walk off the court, walk off the stage, walk away from the job if you merely ask them a question that creates self-doubt in the case of Naomi Osaka. She doesn't want a reporter asking her why she made a bad shot, why she didn't play well at the net today, why she's uncomfortable on clay rather than on a hard court. That's what the reporters are asking her. And she walked away from the game. And the reason we're talking about her right now is because she's famous. But her attitude and her decision Her mindset, her spirit, her soul reflects thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people across our nation. You made me feel bad. Therefore, you're a racist. You're a bigot. You're a hater. Because you asked me a question or you said something or you believe something. Or your faith, your religion calls upon you to disagree with my decisions. I'm going to walk away. And it's your fault, not mine. That's the attitude of today's kids. Not just kids. I can't even say that anymore. Because when I started this critique back in 2015, when I commented 
about it in out of daycare. I guess I was talking about 18 to 21-year-olds college students, but as you know, they're not 18 to 21 any longer. They have grown up. You know, mathematics is real. Every year adds one to their age. Now they're adults. Now they're working in places like Amazon and Facebook, Google and Twitter, Major League Baseball, corporations in your own backyard, and now they're canceling everybody in their work environments that doesn't agree with them. Now they're fact-checkers, and if you say something that they don't like, they just erase it. They take it down. Last week, I found out that several episodes of this show had been taken down from Spotify. No, no explanation. They were just gone. They never contacted me. They never sent me a note. They just took them down. The only reason I knew is that somebody, one of you all out there, contacted me and said, hey, I liked your episode on natural immunity versus vaccine immunity that featured Rand Paul and his decision not to take the vaccine because he had seen no evidence that the immunity derived from the vaccine was superior to the immunity that he already had because he had the disease and did fine and now he has all the antibodies and he's immune. He's a medical doctor. He knows this. This is science. We're talking about science, folks. Well, somebody wanted to forward that episode, that episode of The Rebellion, to a friend, and he couldn't find it on Spotify. So I went there, and sure enough, it's gone. It wasn't even there. Well, I thought, I better check and see if there are others that have been removed. Upwards of a dozen of these episodes were just gone. Spotify took them down. Why? I don't know, because they never told me. They just canceled me, canceled my voice. I guess I made somebody feel bad. I don't know. So we're going to talk about this issue when it comes to mathematics in California. And I'm going to do it in the context of what I said on an earlier show. Three reasons that we are where we are right now, folks. Parenting. Helicopter parenting, preaching, mushy, inconsequential, excuse me, inconsequential preaching, preachers that say nothing, avoid the hard edges of the gospel, country club preachers that say little more than you would say or could say or do say when you go out on the golf course with a friend, and then Teachers, teaching, teaching bad ideas. Ideas have consequences. And there are three entities that are responsible for inculcating the ideas in their progeny, the next generation, the people that follow them, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. Those three entities are teachers, preachers, and parents. And we're not doing that great of a job. And now we have questions like, is mathematics racist? And the official movement in California to say, yes, it is. And they're going to blaze a path for woke math in California. Let's take a break, acknowledge our sponsors. And when I get back, we'll talk about that very briefly. And then how did we get in this mess? I'll tie a bow around it and wrap it up. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I will be right back in a couple minutes. 
Welcome back to the rebellion. Okay, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this article. Because I think the headline speaks for itself. I, I think it's self-evident that it's just ridiculous. We're in, we're, we're in a mess. It's an article written by James Varney. Uh, last week, California education officials are considering applying a social justice paradigm to teaching K-12 through 12, 12 mathematics that would erase white supremacy from this subject and eliminate gifted classes for students. Now, I, I shouldn't even have to say anymore. Are you serious? That first sentence that introduces the article, it should cause you to be outraged. Considering applying a social justice paradigm to teaching K-12 through mathematics that would erase white supremacy from the subject and eliminate gifted classes for students. So what you're going to do is you're going to put your SJW nonsense over the top of a discipline that is objective and factual by definition. Mathematics is a science of specificity. It's a science of exactness. It is not a science of social justice. In fact, I would argue mathematics isn't a science of justice at all. It's a colorblind science. It's a colorblind discipline. Numbers don't have colors. Numbers don't talk about justice. Numbers are just that and that alone. Two plus two doesn't equal justice. Two plus two doesn't equal black. It doesn't equal white. Two plus two doesn't equal green. Two plus two doesn't equal fish or guppy. It doesn't equal pig or cat or cow or dog. Two plus two equals four. Everything I just said, the previous sentences, were nonsense. They're almost confusing. What are you saying? Well, that confusion is going to be pumped into the classroom in kindergarten through 12th grade in California because of the nonsense of critical race theory, critical legal theory, critical theory in general, because of the nonsense of self-refuting claims of justice that come out of the social justice movement when you start defining justice by society rather than accepting the justice that's already been defined by God. When you place yourself on the throne of defining what is just rather than accepting God's definition as presented to you in Revelation, then you're going to get an unjust society because such people that put themselves in such a position of arrogance and power are anything but just. Anything. Go watch The Lord of the Rings and the quest for power and the growling, disfigured, grotesque Gollum as he clings to his ring, stroking his ring, saying, my precious, my precious. He'll kill for it. He'll deceive for it. He'll climb mountains and go through putrid swamps for it. Not because he wants to be just, but because he wants his ring. You know, I covered all of this stuff in 2015. Maybe today would be a good day for me to read my letter again. My letter to a student. 
who was, he felt he was treated unjustly because he had to go to a chapel service and listen to a homily on 1 Corinthians 13. The quintessential love chapter in the Bible, the least offensive passage of all of Scripture. Love is patient, love is kind. He had to listen to a sermon on that passage. And he felt offended, he felt hurt, he felt he had been singled out, he felt there was some sort of attempt to make him feel guilty and his friends feel guilty. So he complained about it afterwards. He complained that it was unjust. I don't know, was it a product of white supremacy? Do we need to blaze a path for new interpretations of First Corinthians, how to be patient and kind? Are those words racist? I, I just It's just crazy. It's nonsense. Well, anyway, I responded to this young man, as you know. But I'm going to remind you what I said. I said this, young man, that feeling of discomfort you have after listening to a sermon, it's called your conscience. An altar call isn't supposed to make you feel good. It's supposed to make you feel bad. It's supposed to make you feel guilty. The goal of many a good sermon is to get you to confess your sins, not to coddle you in your selfishness. Then I went on and I said, the primary objective of the church is your confession. The point of Christianity is your faith and your confession. It's not your self-actualization. So let me offer some advice. If you want the chaplain to tell you you're a victim rather than tell you that you need virtue, this may not be the university you're looking for. If you want to complain about a sermon that makes you feel less than loving for not showing love, this may be the wrong place. If you're more interested in playing the hater card than you are in confessing your own hate, if you want to arrogantly lecture rather than humbly learn, if you don't want to feel guilt in your soul when you're guilty of sin, if you want to be enabled rather than confronted, there are many universities across the land that will give you exactly what you want, but this isn't one of them. At this university, we will teach you to be selfless rather than self-centered. We are more interested in you practicing personal forgiveness than political revenge. We want, to, we want you to model interpersonal reconciliation rather than foment personal conflict. And we believe in the content of your character and that it's more important than the color of your skin. We don't believe that you've been victimized every time you feel guilty. And we don't issue trigger warnings before our altar calls. A university is not a safe space. It's not a safe place. It's a place to learn. To learn that life isn't about you, but about others. To learn that that bad feeling, that bad feeling that you have while listening to a sermon, it's called guilt, and that the way to address it is to repent of everything that's wrong with you rather than to blame others for everything that's wrong with them. This is a place where you will quickly learn that you need to grow up. This is not a daycare. This is a university. That's what I said to that young man in 2015. And you know the story. Within a handful of days, over three and a half million people had clicked on it. Members of the American Press Corps from across the nation, Cable News Network, 
political pundits, journalists, publications, they all ran stories on my little opinion piece, my open letter to my students, to my tiny little college in northeast Oklahoma. Magazines in Great Britain and Asia were all interested. NBC Today even cited the brouhaha that this column caused as one of the top 10 news stories for the year of 2015. Now, why in the world? Why in the world? And what does this have to do with this topic today? Well, it has everything to do with the topic today because I'm I'm not willing to put up with this nonsense, and I basically said so. Don't, Don't tell me that two plus two equals four is somehow a political issue. A racial issue, a subjective issue of justice. It is not. Just go learn the right answers, how to come to the right answers, how to calculate properly, accurately, so that when you're designing my house, if I hire you to do so, that you do so rightly and that my house will be square, that it'll have 90 degree angles because you know how to. You know why 90 degrees is important. And you know how to come to that as you're putting the corners of the house together. Know how to calculate what a support structure needs to be to hold up an archway in the house. What kind of header you need there to hold up all the weight that's above it. Know how to do that. You know how you get there? Mathematics. And if you start blazing a new path against woke math. I don't trust you to build my house, and I surely hope you're not building a bridge that I have to drive across or an airplane that I'm tempted to get in to travel. You know, back in 2015, I had some people that disagreed with my article. And you know who they were? Christians. Christian college professor from Indiana Wesleyan up in Marion, Indiana, challenged me, said that I hurt the kids' feelings and I should be ashamed of myself. But 97% of the comments I received were positive. They thanked me. Apparently what I said struck a nerve. Millions of Americans chimed in to affirm what I said because they knew something is desperately wrong in our society. They know what we're teaching is leading to the behavior that's being reported on the nightly news. They knew that there's a cause to all of this. They intuitively knew that teaching more of this narcissism, more of this woke math, more of this nonsense of critical race theory is not the cure. They knew it wasn't the cure. They knew it was the cause of this stupid comment about 1 Corinthians 13. And that comment is no different than this nonsense about woke math. 97% of the people that commented on this, out of 3.5 million, said thank you. I only had a handful that were negative. And most most of them were these woke, emergent, affirming Christians from my own denomination. We got in this mess 
we got in this mess because of the bad ideas we've been teaching. That's why we're here. My not a daycare commentary resonated with millions of people. Millions. Because they know in their hearts that our civilization will stand or fall by the power of ideas. They knew that the coddling, the enabling of our students. At that time, the language was microaggressions, trigger warnings, and safe spaces. It seems as if we've almost moved beyond that because now we're talking about critical race theory and everything that someone doesn't like is just labeled a product of white privilege and white supremacy. Well, you all should be just as worried about that as you were about the trigger warning, the microaggression, and the you-made-me-feel-uncomfortable nonsense of 2015 and 2016, and kids crying and holding their teddy bears after Donald Trump won the presidential election of 2016. You should care about what's going on today, probably much more than even then, because all of that nonsense, all of that crap has hit the fan, and it's blowing over every sector of our culture. Bad ideas are like that poop hitting the fan. They just spread across the room, and cleaning it up is a real mess. Bad teaching will create a, a distorted understanding of how the world works. And it'll create a distorted understanding of your role within it, your kid's role within it. And today, bad teaching has led to large swaths of society throwing a collective temper tantrum. That's what it's done. What we teach in our schools, back to this article on mathematics in California, what this is going to be taught K through 12, what we teach in our schools, hear me on this, will bear itself out in the behavior we see in our streets. There's a reason for what you're seeing in these adolescent temper tantrums in our streets, in Kenosha, in Minneapolis, in Portland, in St. Paul. In Indianapolis, in Tulsa, there's a reason that we see this stuff, people. What's taught in the school will be practiced in the streets. It's said that Abraham Lincoln said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will become the philosophy of the government in the next. And you know, I've, I've cited even Hitler multiple times on this show where he said, let me control the textbooks and I will control the state. One more time, what's taught in our nation's classrooms will be practiced in our nation's boardrooms, courtrooms, and living rooms. Selfishness. Narcissism. Meism. Selfishness. 
as well as sacrifice, the bad as well as the good, selfishness as well as sacrifice, always has a cause. I'm back to the cause or the cure here now. And I want you to think about this mathematics blazing a new path for woke math. That is a self-centered perspective, even on mathematics, because you can't have honors classes because that'll make some of the students that are less gifted in mathematics feel bad about themselves. Selves, about themselves. Two plus two equaling four has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with me. It's not about yourself. <sighs> Selfishness as well as sacrifice. The bad and the good always has a cause, and that cause, I would argue, in great measure, can nearly always be traced back to what we teach our children, whether you're a teacher or a preacher or a parent. You are the cause of what that kid becomes. Your ideas that you teach him are the cause it's, you're pushing him, you're molding him, you're mentoring him, you're teaching him, you're preaching to him, you're disciplining him. You're the cause. Solomon made this clear. He said, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. There's great power in ideas. And where do kids get their ideas? From their teachers, from their preachers, and from their parents. There's great power in those ideas. And that power can be and will be wielded for either noble or nefarious ends. One more time on Richard Weaver, one of my favorite uh, take-homes when we're talking about this kind of stuff. 1948, he wrote, ideas have consequences. Why? <laughs> because ideas have consequences. The cover of his book says it all, just like the opening sentence of this article on math says it all. Ideas matter. They always bear fruit. They are not neutral. There's no such thing as a neutral idea. And woke math is not a neutral idea. It's a politically laden idea that will kill people because you're going to have people that feel good about being a mathematician who aren't mathematicians because they think that a mathematical sum has to be corrected or manipulated or discussed or debated because 2 plus 2 equals 4 is somehow a product of white supremacy. This is dangerous, people. Ideas have consequences. Parents, you better get control of this. At the end of the day, if the preacher screws it up and if the teacher screws it up, the parent better fix it. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Truth is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.